0: The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning. Welcome to the Source of Truth podcast and uh, it's nice to be back in Pennsylvania. I understand looking at our weather app. This is the one nice day we're going to have as it is beautiful outside today. And uh, as much as I enjoy vacation, I enjoy getting away. Uh, most of, For me, most of it's just getting away and being with family, uh, getting away from all the other responsibilities. Uh, I'm uh, uh, my mind constantly runs. I'm one of those kind of fixers. If you know it's a problem, I don't can't just set it aside. And so, to get far enough away where there's nothing I can do, really, is part of what is helpful and healthy to me to be so far away that I just got to let it go. And that was really great for us to be able to do that this last week. And then we had a great service on Sunday. And uh, so this is a great opportunity to be back in God's Word. Hope you join us tomorrow night on Properties. We'll continue the Adult Bible Study in the Auditorium, my discipleship class. And what I mean by discipleship class is we're training people to do discipleship. We're walking them through this book. It's a simplistic book, and it's not a complicated class right now, but we're walking people through that will help when people get saved or maybe help when you're trying to witness to a friend or something like that that so very simplistic foundational truths that we're covering in that class so uh, that's at seven o'clock and back in the fireside room the rest of the bible studies in the auditorium and of course we'll be live streaming that at seven o'clock uh, psalm chapter six tonight mm-hmm. psalm chapter six this morning as we take these few minutes we have together and continue studying through the book of, of psalm i am i've enjoyed it Uh, I I always love the book of Psalms. I love the practicality of it. I love the straightforward nature that David takes with God. I love how it teaches us how to develop a similar relationship with God. And so, uh, but I I took some time today, as I always do. I take time. I don't want to just look at a passage and run with it. I like to dig down into it, do some research, study it out some. And this is one of those where um, I met when I began to study it out, really looking into it. You can find this to be as a convicting of a chapter, as you can find it to be encouraging as a chapter. And obviously what we'll look at today really should be both. So let's go ahead and uh, dig in. Psalm chapter 6, it says this, The Lord rebuke me not, or excuse me, O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed, but thou, O Lord, how long... "'Return, O Lord, deliver my soul, "'save me for thy mercy's sake. "'For in death there is no remembrance of thee "'in the grave, who shall give thee thanks?' So obviously remember David's still running from enemies, he's still hiding, and yet in the midst of this he makes an acknowledgement that I find intriguing in in verse one. And, And one of the things, I was reading this this morning in one of the commentaries I read and I thought this was such a great truth. And it's a great truth kind of in teaching to study scripture. A lot of times when you say, what is an effective way to interpret or to study a passage, and and what I try to say, and this is very elementary, I say things like, well, you gotta ask your questions, who, what, when, where, why, and how. Who is it written to? What is it saying? When, it, when, is, when is it written? When's the context of it? Why is it, what, what's, what's he trying to get across? How, what, what can we do with it? What, what, is, what is the application, the interpretation for us, the implication really? What is it, what's the implication? What do I have to do with the information I have been given? So that's what we do, but one of the questions, and it, by the way, there's a lot, we can go much deeper in how each of those are, are done, but those are the primary things when we study scripture we should be evaluating. But what I learned this morning is one of the things we should also evaluate is what's not written there. Sometimes we, we take and we run with something based upon our view and we realize it's not there. So for example, in verse 1, David the psalmist says, O oh Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger. What he does not say is, don't rebuke me. He says, just don't rebuke me in anger. David comes fully recognizing that he is you know he's not perfect he's wrong and probably deserves much of the rebuke that god would send his way that's when he says have mercy upon me lord i deserve i deserve what's coming to me and really we see a little bit of the confession that david had and you find this more than once in the book of psalms where david was very clear when he sat with God, I'm wrong. And one of the things this personally, my opinion. We, we've asked this question often. You know, David is is well known for the things he did wrong in life than he did right. And yet God still described him as a man after his own heart. To me, personally, the reason I believe, one of the core reasons that I believe that God would call David that was not that David was better than anybody or that he never failed. David was willing to take responsibility for his action. And when he failed, you see mentioned scripture. He got out on his face before God. He said, forgive me for I have sinned. At one point he said, search me and try me. Search my thoughts. Dig down deep. Help me to recognize the things that I'm refusing to even acknowledge or problems in my life. This is, this is the type of thinking that David had. Please help me to not just assume I'm okay. We, you don't, don't let me see all, all the people coming at me, all these people trying to hurt me. It's easy to see how wrong they are. Help me not to do that. Help me not just to be that. Help me to go beyond just the people that I see that to me are obviously wrong, and help me to be sensitive in the fact that I still need it. So he said, but Lord, here's what he says when he says, rebuke me not in anger, and he chastise me in the hot, hot displeasure. I, I deserve <laughs> your rebuke and your chastening, but don't do it in anger please come at me, you know, understand I need it, but don't don't allow my mistakes to drive to a point of anger. Please, Lord, do it in mercy. I need this. I deserve this. I want to grow in you. I want you to teach me. I want you to help me. Because here's the thing, as, as I read this morning, Spurgeon said it this way, and I thought it was phenomenal. He said, if we go to God, begging God not to bring these things and not to chasten, chasten us, not to teach us, we may lose the blessing that comes from that. That, to beg God not to allow these things into our life is not allowing God to teach us what we need to know. It's not allowing God to grow us. It's not allow- We may lose a great blessing from God with this desire to not endure. What does he say? Um, rebuke and chastening. We're, we're children. We need to be rebuked. We need to be chastened. I was watching a video someone posted last night. Um, and it was really a, just conservative political pundit. But I, I, and I reposted on my Instagram account simply because there was a comment in there that I thought was so true. And really the question was answering the pandemic of suicides that they many believe are increased due to the um, quarantine and everything we find ourselves in. That the separation that we've been forced to endure, the social separation, brings with it a, a great issue that, you know, because we're designed by God to need interaction. And so it's brought depression and, and an increase in suicide, especially in younger ages. So. Uh, One of the comments, that the guy made a comment, he said, by law statistics, somebody in here is depressed and debating this, and so he just kind of started talking about how to deal with something, and he made a comment. I've heard this comment, and he was saying how it's wrong. The comment was, you need to accept yourself and love this where you are, you're okay where you are, and I love what he said. He said, that is a very, very dangerous comment, to tell somebody you are great and perfect just like you are. Now, we need to accept how God created us, we need to accept the strengths and weaknesses, but... I think that one thing we learned from reading this and that comment was that we can always be better. And he made this comment. He said, if you tell somebody you're perfect just the way you are, you might actually drive them further into depression. Here's the reason why. One of the reasons we struggle with depression and discouragement is we don't really like ourselves. We want to be better. And if this is the best I can ever be, that's actually even harder to handle. He says we should be driving to find a way to be better, and all we need to know is we can be better. We mentioned this Sunday night when we were preaching in Revelation that one of the premises, we asked, why did John weep in that passage when no one could break the seal? Because he knew the condition of the world, and it was in that book that was going to solve the condition of the world, and no one was worthy to open it. We should be striving to be better. We should be striving for a better goal. This, you know, sit back and just be content where you are is not healthy. It's not what we're designed. Same thing David is saying here. David's not saying, don't ever tell me I'm wrong. David's saying, please help me deceive it, but don't do it in anger. Help me to recognize, and Lord, please forgive me for what I'm doing, but help me to recognize how I can grow in it. such a powerful, powerful, necessary truth in our walk with God. He goes down to, I love what he says, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. Oh, heal me, my bones are vexed. You know, you can see a couple of things. Yeah, he's running from his enemies. But you know when, you, when you've struggled in sin and you're unwilling to deal with it, you're unwilling to get it right, you know what happens? It, it, it just kind of it starts to eat away at you physically. There's a physical result to the sin that you're unwilling to get right with God or other people. It affects you physically. It affects how you react. It actually can change. If there's something you know you need to get right with somebody you're not willing to do, it. it'll change who you are. It'll change how you act and change how you interact with your own family. And it can ultimately change you. There's always physical actions to this. And so getting right brings even a physical healing to it. Verse four, return, return, O Lord, deliver my soul. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Please get me back to the point where I need to be. Get me from this pain. Get me from this for your sake, for your glory. Lord, for your mercy's sake, so that I, so we can brag again upon your mercy and what you do. I love this in verse five, for in death... There is no remembrance of thee in the grave who shall give thee things. He simply says this, if these enemies are allowed to kill me, who is then going to ever be able to brag on you? You know that if I here's kinda the way I would word it, as David's saying, if I am right where I'm standing. And that's kind of what I'm asking. Lord, help me to see where I'm wrong. Get me right, get, help me to see where I'm wrong. Rebuke me and chase me where I am wrong so that I know that I'm, I can get those things right so that I'm right with you and then where I am right with you and I can be assured to the best of my knowledge that I am right with you. Protect me because I want to be able to you know, show that you have brought protection to those who are right. You're not just letting those who have done right and followed you just kind of fall off. And he says, in this case, die. If, he's able, if my son's able to kill me, I will never be able to go back and show that following you was right. There's no, you know, he simply says, there is no remembrance of thee in the grave. Verse 6, he says, I am weary with my groaning all night. Make I my bed to swim and my water to couch with tears. It's the same idea. I'm struggling so much with the battles coming my way that I just cry myself to sleep and I can't even sleep. I am so uncomfortable. Verse 9, my eye is consumed because of grief. It waxes old because of all mine enemies. Simply put, he's overwhelmed by the enemies. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. I love this, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. Here's a question. What is the voice of my weeping? Does it really have a voice? And you know what it is? It's the voice of sorrow. And when we go to God, we do. We, it's a voice of honesty. It's a voice of transparency. It's a voice we go and say, God, I am really hurting with this. This doesn't make sense. I'm hurting. Why are you allowing this? And we bring a transparent voice to God and he will hear my sorrow. Verse 9, The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Then he says this, Because God's heard me and I know I'm right with him, here's what's going to happen. Let all the enemies be ashamed and sore vexed, but let them... Return and be ashamed suddenly. God's going to deal with the enemies. So when this is all said and done and everything comes out in the open, I'm going to be, shall we say, vindicated because I've been right before God. And that's all that really matters, being right before God, being right with God. And you do your best. And, hey, if you've done something wrong, go get it right. If you need to get something right with someone else, you do it. Other than that, you, you, I'm right with God. And that is the important thing, walking with God, right with God. But allowing Him to work. This is true in home and marriage as children in the home, as parents in the home, as people at work, you know, we're frustrated. But like I said, I can't control my circumstances, but I can be clearly right with God and let Him deal with those circumstances. I, I don't know all the details. And yeah, maybe somebody may lie about you or be deceptive or whatever, but if you're right with God, there's a peace. He says it, you know, Paul said, I've always striven to be, have a conscious void of events, a void of offense between God and man. Between God, I'm right with God, I'm right with men. That's all I can do. God takes care of the details. That's all I can do. And that's really the premise we look at. Lord, allow the rebuke and chastening come so that I know that I'm right with you. It's a powerful truth. And may that be something that we hold to very strongly. I hope that was an encouragement. I tell you, going before God and begging Him to examine our heart is never easy. Because often He's going to find things that we don't want to admit or we struggle with. But we just need to accept it, embrace it, and let Him do it. Because that's when we begin to see true growth and God to bring healing in our lives. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday. Uh, it's truly encouragement to be given the opportunity to teach the Word of God. I love it. I love the chance, to even sitting in front of a camera for me in this room, to be able to share with those who are watching. And many of you often say, "We, you know, where are we at here? Or make a comment about the devotional, how are you watching it? And that's a huge encouragement to me. And I greatly appreciate it. And we hope it's an encouragement to you. Enjoy the beauty of the rest of this day. Enjoy this week. Keep your eyes focused upon Jesus. Keep your trust in him and all the events of the day and see how he will work and do great things. So hope to see you tomorrow night here on property if you can make it. And we look forward to continuing to move forward in God's word and in ministry. We love you. Hope you have a great rest of your day. God bless.